Hello everyone, Rurikan here coming at you with another video and today I've invited Akalon for us to come in here and talk a little bit about World of Warcraft. Akalon, I've been watching a lot of your content uh, over the last couple of days. I mean, last couple of months even, I, I don't even remember exactly when your stuff started popping up in my recommended feed when I started doing like MMO content and whatnot, but introduce right. yourself, man. Uh, I'm Akalon, for those of you that don't know. Uh, Rurikan, by the way, thank you so much for asking me to come on. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, as I told you before the show starts, I've uh, been reacting to your content as well. Like my content suggestions is uh, filled with just content <laughs> creators that they want me to react to. Uh, so I've been reacting to your stuff as well. Although I did find out just before the stream, you're not even necessarily a main MMO content creator. Your main <laughs> stuff is like Dark Souls, which is mind boggling to me. I've been trying to get into different types of content um you know like making more channels and trying to get into but anyways uh yeah i i started making content about five years ago at this point started with world of warcraft guides like literally making warlock guides teaching people how to sort of beginner guides and then intermediate and advanced guides and stuff like that then i transitioned i think quite naturally transitioned into more lore-based stuff since I've always been very fascinated with the story of video games. Like, I'm not really into the whole gameplay stuff. Like, I can play a game with dog shit gameplay, as long as there's a good story. That's really the only thing I care about. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing. And now Final Fantasy, Last Night, Star Wars, Yoda Republic. So it's sort of, it's growing, I guess you this, could say. This gives me a lot of, like, background as to why a lot of people in your audience are probably asking you to play Souls. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. Souls does not tell you a story up front. It kind of tells uh -huh. it through item descriptions and implications, and it leaves a certain amount uh -huh. of it open to uh, interpretation. That's probably why people are like, oh, man, he, he's into lore and stuff. Yeah. He's going to love this soul stuff. And, yeah, it's Dude, pretty wild. People have been hounding me to play uh, especially Elden Ring because they're like, yeah. dude, I want to hear you speculate about this game. Um, and, yeah, from what I've seen, it, it's, it really is like playing a detective. If you care about story, you're going to want to read every single item description and you're going to want to go to all the random places in the world and see if there's something to uncover there. Like I said, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get into it at some point. Uh, but I'm not really, I'm not into games that require me to dodge and roll and you know do everything perfectly like a Mortal Kombat sort of simulator kind of thing. I'm not really that kind of guy. I'm more <laughs> sit back, relax, you know, just listen to the story as it plays out. <laughs> just, just uh, make a broken build. Like I, I've made a build right now that I'm basically almost one shotting bosses with a shield so it's like it's not that you can break the game it's not that so hard. there is a lot of freedom then in other yes. words yes there, there's tons right. of it but uh but but for today i wanted us to focus more on like wow and stuff like that but we yeah. can at some point talk more about elden ring for sure because i can talk about elden ring for like years straight up or even just like souls <laughs> in general i think but, there is crossover considering the way in which Games have now become multiplayer, specifically on the open world side of things. There's a lot of crossover, a lot of lessons that MMOs can learn from games like Elden Ring. Um, WoW specifically can learn a hell of a lot of lessons, I think, from a game like Elden Ring. A lesson um, I wish World of Warcraft would learn is from Monster Hunter, dude. 
And I'll bring that up at I've some point. I've never played that. I'll, I've never I'll, played that, so I would love to hear what. Yeah, but I'll, I'll bring that up because it's going to blow your mind when I tell you how loot works in Monster Hunter. But um, So right. I wanted to first ask you, you started creating content five years ago, but when did yeah. you start playing World of Warcraft? Because I kind of feel like we're a little bit similar in that regard. Like I also started creating content around World of Warcraft like a long, long time ago, and it was because yeah. I had this this one-hour commute that I would have to drive to work and I had nothing okay. to do. So I had like yeah. a Mac laptop and I would record myself in the car with a webcam and it would just be me wow. ranting. This was during wrath of the Lich King. And I would just be straight up ranting about how overpowered death Knights were. <laughs> Cause I was playing, <laughs> I was playing a protection warrior and I'm like, dude, oh, these shit. death Knights are so broken, man. Yeah. What the you Those go into battleground <laughs> and uh, the DK comes running up to you with Shadow Morn and you're like, "Fuck my life! <laughs> this much. is great." <laughs> but which which expansion did you get started in? All right, so I started. Uh, I'm probably not supposed to say this out loud, but I started illegally playing. Now illegally, just it's meaning perfectly fine. My... You were playing in private servers. Well, no, actually, not private servers. Oh. I played on my friend's dad's account. Like oh whenever God. he wasn't playing, you did I account had a sharing. Character. Yeah, <laughs> cardinal to sin. Be fair, to be fair, though, I was still a student at the time, and I wasn't able to convince my dad to buy me World of Warcraft. Yeah. So his dad sort of didn't always play because he's a doctor; he's usually busy. So whenever he was at work, I could sort of play on my own character. I never got far. It was this was all the way back in classic. I got to like level twenty one. Vanilla and I, classics a different thing. Or yeah, sorry, vanilla. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, played for for I think six months uh, in vanilla, and this is how taken I was with the game. I was level twenty one within like after six months of playing it, just because I was so fascinated with the world. The, the way, you know, I didn't want to really level. I wanted to explore and I wanted to run around and uh, just be there it was really, and obviously didn't have like a ton of time to play because I would have to log off as soon as yeah. his dad wanted to play. But then um, uh, I finally convinced my dad right at the end, like TBC came out and I convinced my dad that, hey, maybe I can play WoW. And my dad was like, yeah, okay, fucking fine. You can play WoW. And so that I, then I got my own account and I started playing. And basically, from the beginning of TBC, oh my god, I've been playing well. Like th this story resonates so much because I wanted to play World of Warcraft, and I was also a student. And my parents also said, "You want you want what now? You want to you want money every month to play a video game?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. My so, dad genuinely was like, "Wait, you don't pay games monthly." I'm like, no, you do actually. This is a new type of game that this isn't Baldur's Gate or some shit. This is like yeah. online. Uh, my dad was very confused, and he also refused to give me his credit card details because he doesn't even now allow his credit card to be input on the internet for anything. That's not a, that's even his very, own bank. That's a very good. Uh, that's a very good thing to do, though, because like uh, I, I don't use my yeah, my credit card either. Like we have this uh, app in Portugal that creates like virtual credit cards. So if you, even if somebody steals uh -huh. it, there's a limit to how much they can get out of you. So yeah. that's what I use. Cause like, I also don't like putting my credit card anywhere. I'm very suspicious about that stuff. I think, I think the reason I'm less worried about it is like the second I see. So if anyone wanted to put a charge on my credit card, 
uh, I would have to okay it on my mobile app with oh, okay. my banking app. So I would like I would get a literal push notification saying, "Do you want this to go through or not?" Like I have to do this for every single thing I purchase, and also to cancel. Literally logging into the app and just hit stolen card, cancel card, done. Right. So it's not difficult for me at least. Yeah. This is the one thing I should say. I live in South Africa, third world country. Our banks, though, I think is world class. Like our financial system is first world, if not probably future world almost. Our our banks in Portugal are dropping like flies, so I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them oh, to begin shit. with. It's like, <laughs> I'm, no, even, I mean, it's... <laughs> I'm even scared like the money I have in the bank is like, I, I, I don't know if that's there, to be honest. Who like, if one of these days I'm going to go to get it and it's like, oh, actually, no, our, our bank went bankrupt and it's like, we got nothing for you, buddy. Oh, my God. There's Dude, been I mean... <laughs> thousands of people in Portugal that have been screwed over by this. So, yeah. <laughs> is there, I know out. that's not actually the reason for the podcast, but I, I am very curious. I've never heard about this issue Portugal doesn't seem to really register on the world scale. What what's going on? Why is the banks what's going on with the banks there? Corruption. Same thing that you have in in your country, oh. corruption. There's just tons of corruption. It's just, we're so small that on the world scale people don't talk about us that much. We used to be big yeah. conquerors of the sea, discoverers and all this stuff, and now we're just like this tiny little an annex of Spain almost. That's what most people see us. Oh as. shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah, from what I know, uh, you're famous for football, hot woman, and yeah. uh, that's about it. That's all I good know. Good beaches. About you, you forgot good beaches. We have very good. But then again, you have all good right. beaches in South Africa as well. So it's, yeah. probably the, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you need to come to Portugal for beaches. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we're, yeah, we're literally on the ocean on three sides yeah. of my country. So it works, I think. Even though I'm not a beach guy, yeah. I rarely go to the beach and I live about <laughs> two minutes away from the beach so many people <laughs> jealous right now but um so the the reason you're you like the story resonated a lot because my own parents didn't want it to give me money to play world of warcraft and i had to wait until i got a job and then i got a job one of the first things that is like okay now i can play world of warcraft yeah <laughs> i also started playing uh close to tbc i played a little bit of vanilla i was like level mm -hmm. 50 something when tbc came out i think it was 56 and then TBC yeah. was when I really started cutting my teeth and doing dungeons and raiding and all of this stuff. And then, you know, yeah. started going forward. So you obviously really enjoyed the game because you, like you said, you were just like in that world. That's something that you don't really do nowadays in MMOs. The world is, you even described this in a video that I think I saw recently. It's kind of like a menu nowadays. Yeah. It's like you go through it when you're leveling and then once you're done leveling, it's you just like you sit in the capital and you hit buttons and you go. Yeah, I mean, the world nowadays doesn't invite you to play in it. The The world literally right now exists as a, um, well, we have to have this world so that we're not just a menu clicker. Yeah. But the world, like, if you think about it, once you're done leveling, um, you may spend some time doing your world quests, but then also just the quota. So you're going to do what you must do because you have to do it. And then from there, where do most people spend their time? In one of the main cities, queuing up for dungeons. That's it. You're going yeah. into the menu, you're queuing up, you're going in, 
You're you're basically just clicking menus all the time. Actually, during during like Shadowlands, um, one of the things that I remember, I, I would actually have to go into the world because you weren't back when I was playing. I don't know if they've changed this because I haven't kept up with some of the systems. But in order mm -hmm. to do Mythic Plus, you still have to actually run to the dungeon. I think they made some kind of system yeah, where yeah. you don't have to do that anymore. I'm not sure. Didn't they put like teleports still, or something? I mean, no, you still have to run to the dungeon. The issue yeah. is with flying. Well, you just literally fly to the entrance. And also... I didn't play enough to get flying in Shadowlands. True. So we and have to, to actually though, run I, through. I quit shortly after I got flying again. So I played for about three months in, into like the start of Shadowlands. Shadowlands. Got very, very annoyed at the game, specifically yeah. uh, on the back of BFA. Because in BFA... I was livid with the game's direction. Like I made so many videos saying Ian Hazikost is an asshole. The, the dude doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and I realized that could put a lot of people off, and I am sorry about that. I'm South African. We're crass as here's, fuck. Here's, like, the th here's the thing, though. Like um, I think that still qualifies us for potentially eventually getting an interview with Ian because Asmongold got one. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody at I'm, Blizzard apparently likes him. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm never going to get an interview with uh, with the NSC Costas. To be fair, though, he's not even the guy I want an interview with. If I were to get any interview, it would be with Steve Denuser, because I've got much bigger gripes <laughs> to grind with that guy uh, the, than with Ian. But no, I mean, it's nothing personal. Like when I call, I'm South African. So when I call someone an asshole or even the bigger C word, um, we don't, I, I, it's not a personal attack. It's more just like, I'm really upset with you. Yeah. And I'm going to show that now. But, you know, most people in the world don't see it that way. So the, people I, are a little bit too sensitive nowadays. It's like, it's it's very hard for you to criticize anybody. And everybody's like, oh, so that means you're deadly enemies. Like if you disagree with someone. Yeah. Like for instance, I, I have a, a good friend of mine that we, we talk all the time. And um, yeah. I remember at one point, he had one view on a subject. I don't even. Remember. I think it has something to do with like um, modding a save file. Because like in Monster Hunter Rise, for instance, mm -hmm. which is a, a game that came out first on Switch, then on PC. Uh, if you played it on Switch and then you know they released it on PC afterwards, some people were like, "Oh, I'm going to mod the save file on PC to give me you know more stuff and whatnot." And I was like, "Well, I don't like that." And this other friend of mine, well, well, I disagree. I'm going to do that. And people thought that we were upset at one another. It's like, no, we just have different opinions. It's like, who cares? But nowadays, yeah. it seems like whenever you disagree with someone, oh, you get, you're going to war. This is drama. There's beef. I mean, <laughs> Come on. The, the issue is we, we live in an era now where so many people have a very hard line on their own opinion, not recognizing that your opinion is really just your opinion. Yeah. Um, it, it's not like, unless you can absolutely unobjectively prove, uh, or objectively prove that your opinion is the correct one. It is just an opinion and you should technically not be married to those things. Um, and I think it's basically sort of an outflow of politics right now. The world seems to be fucked when it yeah. comes to politics. No one can agree. I mean, I, I have friends that literally span the political spectrum. I don't give two fucks. Like, whether you vote, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Um, but I know people who will never be friends with uh, X, Y, or Z, right? Just because those are the evil people. And I say, well, actually, 
you might be the evil people, but let, let, never mind. We'll just go, you know, because even the Nazis thought that they were doing the right thing yeah, exactly. at the time. You know, so I'm I'm not into the whole, you know, making, like saying I'm correct on something. And it's the same with, with, with video games. I'm, I'm open to saying I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong about WoW. Yeah. I don't think World of Warcraft is where it needs to be. But it's yeah, not. it is true. We, we, so here's my problem with the gaming community, specifically the WoW community right now. Uh, they seem to have lost all touch with reality when it comes to anything. When you're saying anything negative about WoW, people lose their shit because they're like, oh my God, you're just always negative. Uh, they seem to have like completely lost track with what th things like uh, constructive criticism means. Because nowadays, constructive criticism to the WoW crowd means when you criticize the game, you also have to say three or four positive things about the game. And it's like, that's not what constructive criticism is. It, constructive criticism means you criticized and then you provided an alternative way of doing it that would render the criticism null and void. Like, I don't have to praise the game five times in order to criticize it yeah. once. That's not how that works. But people want that. They want you to be super positive. And I think it's because, uh, like, I have, I don't want to waste your time by just mouthing off here and running my mouth so much. But that's the whole I point do of a, a podcast, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but I will talk about this forever if you don't stop me. So please okay. jump in if you feel like I'm going too, too far into one direction. But I do believe, I have a theory as to why this is. Blizzard did something that no other company has ever been able to do. Like, zero companies have ever been able to do this. Maybe with the exception of Dark Souls. They, well, even then, Dark Souls is a game that is played by very hardcore gamers. But it's not, gamers. Not just, not just, but keep going. No, no, but I mean in terms of its niche core audience, you know, it's it's gamers. And I yes. don't I don't know if there's many people who only play Dark Souls games. It's like they don't play anything else. There's quite, play, there's quite like, a few. <laughs> um, would you say that's the majority, though? Because I don't think the majority is like... You mean the majority of the people who play Dark Souls only play Dark Souls? Let me I explain mean, it this way. In, in my me, estimate, yeah. I, would, I would argue that about 60% um, of the people that are really into Dark Souls mostly only enjoy Dark Souls, give or take. But this is like, it's like anything, right? This is from me reading my comment games? sections and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dark Souls games. D Dark Souls games. So it's basically Elden Ring, Sekiro. Sekiro, yes. Sekiro, uh, dying <laughs> twice something. Uh, Shadows There's the other one. <laughs> what, what's the other one that's also sort of a Dark Souls kind um, of game? So there's Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, yeah. Elden Ring. Yeah, those. I heard another, there was another game. Neil? That is it Neo? No, because Neo is not from from software. No, I'm trying to. So it, the game specifically that I'm talking about now isn't a from software game. It's not a from software game. Lords of the Fallen. It's also it's also like a a Souls kind there, of game. There's, or there's trying to be a Souls game. Tons of them. So like one of the most popular right, so. ones recently is Neo. But uh, there's uh -huh. Neo. There's Lords of the Fallen. There's the Surge. There's there's tons of them. There, there's too many for yeah, me to even the Surge. That's the one. The search, that's the, the one. That's okay. the one that was on my mind. I didn't, I just remember like people said, if you like Souls games, it's kind of all right. It's not the worst uh, of it's, the bunch. And apparently it's a little bit easier than some of the Souls games. So 
someone told me it's a kind of a good thing to get into, not to finish, but to see if you would like games like that. No, like give it a go. I would, I would, like, I would okay, completely, well, I I'd completely disagree with that statement. It's like All if right. you want to figure out if you like Souls or not, you should play one of the Souls games. Not to mention that yeah. the statement of Surge being easier than Souls, I would also disagree. Because all of these games are about knowledge. Mm -hmm. A lot of people yeah. say, oh, it's hard execution. No, no, no. It's all about knowledge. Like, for instance, the knowledge that you put up your shield, it's an active block. So you put up your shield, but you have to lower it when you're not getting attacked or your stamina won't regen. It's like just knowing yeah. that will instantly make you like 30% better as a player. The fact that you yeah. need to lower your shield from time to time. So it's like, it's just about mm. knowledge. And the more you have this knowledge, like knowledge on how to do a backstab. The moment you learn how to do backstabs, game becomes, no joke, 60% easier. Yeah. Just knowing I mean, how to do a backstab. It's a repetition game, right? Yeah. It's what games are supposed to be. It's what MMOs are. It's repetition. You yeah. keep doing it until you, you get, know it. You get better. And then you know it. Yeah. And once you know it, you, you can do it multiple times. Uh, the, first, the second playthrough is always going to be easier than the first playthrough yes. because you've already learned how to do things. Uh, my point, though, is World of Warcraft managed to do something that no other game has ever been able to do. It converted a bunch of non-gamers into gamers. Yeah. And I call these people WoW gamers or WoWers uh, during stream because they're not gamers. These people aren't gamers. It, they don't even know what Steam is. They've never installed Steam. They, they don't even they, have a Steam They just account. know the Battle.net launcher. They know the Battle.net launcher. These, by the way, are the same people that blew their lids when Call of Duty first came to the Bnet launcher. They didn't they like it? They were very angry. No, there was <laughs> like a group of people that were like, this is for World of Warcraft. Get the fuck off here. It's like, dude, you realize that it's not even just World of Warcraft on the launcher. And yeah. like, yeah, but I can I can live with Overwatch being, I, I can, don't want Call of Duty. I can here. live with, with StarCraft. <laughs> <laughs> Call yeah. of Duty, that's taking it too far. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, you realize you just don't have to click on it if you don't want to. Like, just don't click on the game if you don't want to. But yeah, so people were, like, these are people who have never played another game in their lives. They basically, because Warcraft was a phenomenon. Like, Warcraft 3 uh, launched and it sold millions of copies. It was such a big game that for a lot of people that sort of maybe were in college and gave it a try, they came to give World of Warcraft a try. And it managed to convince these players that this is the game. So the issue for these people is when you attack World of Warcraft, you're in some ways attacking them. You're, you're, yeah. you're attacking their very identity. Because if you attack WoW for me, well, okay. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. You could attack my favorite game of all time, Mass Effect. And I'd be like, all right. Here's, here's, here's the thing that I, that I have with that type of stuff is like, it all depends on whether or not the criticism is valid. Because, like, I will defend games from time to time from certain criticisms that I'm like, yeah. okay, so, look, like, for instance, Elden Ring. People, got, if anybody comes in and tells me, oh, my God, the frame rate of this game is ass. It's like, yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's nothing it's like to say. It's you're absolutely now. correct. It's like, but what? It's locked at 60, right? Uh I think so. I'm not 100% sure because I haven't played it on my new monitor, so I don't know if it goes above 60, but I think it is locked at 60. But beyond that, it's yeah. just it's got really bad optimization issues on PC. So, yeah. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So it's like, optimization, yeah, I'll, I'll, open world. Uh, yeah. I'm a cyberpunk player as well. I know what you mean. 
<laughs> so, so it's like there's there's plenty of problems to, to criticize in certain things that I agree with. Like, okay, they reutilized some of these bosses maybe a little bit too much. Yeah, that's fair. But if, if somebody yeah. comes in and they're like, this game needs like a quest tracker. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. you're insane. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't, I mean, doesn't work like that. <laughs> See, that's I get what the you thing. mean. Yeah. If someone if someone came to me and they were like, Mass Effect is great, but the story like, is too long. Let's put it like, like this. If I was to come up to you and I was like, okay, World of Warcraft's art is ass. Yeah. I would I, don't, I would be like, no. Yeah, exactly. See, that's like no. it's not real. I, I don't think that's a fair thing to say, right? Because no, I, I have you, massive correct, respect yeah. for for World of Warcraft's art. That, as a matter of fact, I've said multiple times, and like, look, this team is one of these days. Somebody needs to go into like the systems, like the teams that is developing systems. Someone from the art department should go in there, and just be like, yeah. "Man, my back is hurting. Must be from carrying <laughs> all this dead weight in this goddamn <laughs> department." <laughs> I mean, the truth is the art department is surreal. And a lot of people yeah. don't realize that the art in WoW is on purpose. I yeah. actually spoke to Terran Gregory, who's, uh, I don't know if people know, but he's the guy that makes all the cinematics happen in World of Warcraft. I had him on Discord. Uh, this was at the beginning of Shadowlands. I don't think he's in my Discord anymore. Uh, I've been, I think, too angry uh, for him to remain there. Yeah. But... um you know, we, we hung out uh, two nights. I think for two nights, we played Valheim together. Um, and we we had discussions about WoW and what exactly. And it is absolutely a choice. Like, the graphics that they have in WoW, the art direction of the game, it's 100% choice. The, their engine can handle. They can make the game look Unreal Engine 5-esque if they wanted to. They just don't want to. They, they like the, the, the art style. And I agree. It's fantasy. Yeah, you know, it it really inspires a sense of fantasy that I I don't think a lot of people give WoW enough credit for things like this. So whilst I do very much criticize World of Warcraft quite a lot, there are things that I absolutely give them kudos for. I'm playing Star Wars: The Republic for the first time last night, and one thing that comes it, it immediately hits me in the that face. Hero so, engine, so, dude. I mean, the engine is fucking shit. Yes. But even more than that. Every single one of the races and characters has the exact same running animation. They all run exactly the same. And I, I think back always to World of Warcraft, and it's like, orcs have a unique running animation. Trolls have a unique running animation. And the reason is, all other games use a form of motion capture. WoW's animations is completely animated. Yeah, they, they run because they were built to run that way. And it's fantasy-inducing. Like, when you see an orc running, even if it's from far away, just by the run, you, you know it's tell. an orc. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's an orc running right there. You know? And and things like that I don't think people give WoW enough credit for. But back to your original sort of, like, what we started talking about, <laughs> the open world issue is... Because World of Warcraft is so insulated, because it has so many gamers that is only like WoW gamers, they've never played anything else. They sort of simply mature with whatever WoW is now. So they just adapt to whatever World of Warcraft is now. They have literally zero other frame of reference when it comes to other games. Um, and it's specifically true whenever you, whenever I hear people going, 
oh yeah, I'm not just a WoW gamer. I tried Final Fantasy 14. I got to level 10. It's a fucking shit game. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I guess you really tried, you know. <laughs> level 10, huh? Damn. Yeah, all the way. Jesus. <laughs> like, you played for about an hour. And must have been must have been hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it sucks as a content creator, which is one of the reasons I'm sort of branching into other MMOs as well. Yeah. Because as a content creator, I want to have that freedom to criticize the game when I don't think that the game deserves to be praised. The community, on the other hand, does not want you criticizing the game because, well, now you're attacking me. This is my game. How dare you say bad things about me and my game? And it's like, well, if if we don't see that, that's an interesting. That's an interesting thing that you said right there, which is, how dare you say bad things about me and my game? That's how they interpret it. But it's like we ain't yeah. talking about you. <laughs> yeah, but that's the way that they look at it. They're like, how dare you say these things yeah. about me? It's like we're not talking about you. We're talking about the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm legitimately not. I'm legitimately not attacking you. I'm attacking your video game. Yeah. But since you and your video game is basically the same thing. I have no freedom to say what I want to say about the game. And I am genuinely trying to make the game better. Yeah. Um, I know people don't think that. I think, I think people think uh, negative clicks is what I'm after, yeah. which is one of the things that pisses me off so much because whenever you have people that aren't YouTubers, that don't know shit about content creation, running their mouth about what they think content creators are doing, and it's just sort of like, well, you clearly don't know because you've clearly never done it. it, it here's negative, the, inter here's yeah. the interesting thing. There, there is something to negative clicks and stuff like that. You can kind of like build a channel around yeah. it. But it's Absolutely. not necessarily something that I personally, it's not something that I find interesting. So to give no, an idea, right? Boring. Lost Ark came out recently and I made like maybe three videos where I criticized the fact that I, I thought the game was grossly pay to win and I got tired of it. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. Like I stopped talking about it pretty much. I made like my three videos and I was like, yeah, I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't even want to talk about it. Boom, done. So it's like the fact that yeah. I, that for instance, I still make videos talking about World of Warcraft should tell you mm -hmm. I still care about this game. I would like this game to eventually one day be good again. Yeah. But it's, it's like, I can't say good things about it because you know, the game's not in a good state and I, I don't understand True. how people can defend that. It's weird. The thing with negative clicks, so I'm not saying that you can't make a living off of negative clicks. Of course you can. But it is a very short-term career trajectory. trajectory. Keem, Keemstar would beg to disagree. <laughs> well, the thing with Keemstar is he does negative clicks on all things, right? So he's yeah. got a very wide range. So people love negative clicks. The thing is, if I make negative click videos of WoW, I'm, my channel will die within six months because the problem is in the beginning, there's a lot of angry people that love the, the angry messaging around yeah. World of Warcraft. And they're like, oh my God, yes, we're going to click on every single one of your videos. But then after about two, three months, a lot of those people go, well, you know, I'm done with WoW now. I'm just going to leave because I don't want to watch this anymore because I don't replay really it anymore. So their anger have now subsided. They've left the game. So your audience gets smaller. Now you keep screaming because this is now how you make your money. The issue is your community has sort of gone, 
mm, yeah, okay, cool. I'm I'm done with the game now, bro, because they don't have any financial incentive to stick around. Yeah. Right? They're annoyed with the game, but then they left the game and it's all good. So you kind of have an option. If you want to keep being negative, you have to go to sort of uh, like Az from Heels versus Babyface. So you embrace the negativity and you basically start ma making videos about all things negative because his channel also sort of got birthed out of negative clicks for WoW and then sort of became it's a beast on its own, so to speak. I never did that. My negativity was always only focused on WoW. Because I, I, I don't want a negative channel. Yeah. What I want is a better wow. You know? Um, that's it. That's all I care about is a better wow. <laughs> we, just, we just want the game to eventually be good. And this is interesting because I've been, I've been told in my comments, when, you know, when, when we start arguing about these things and about how things used to be better back in like older World of Warcraft, a lot of people will bring out the fact, okay, so the game is just not for you anymore. And I've always been wondering, well, who is the game for then, considering that yep. they've been bleeding subscribers nonstop, and the more it keeps moving yep. in this direction that it's going, it seems that the more subscribers it keeps bleeding, with the exception of when it releases an expansion, which yeah. everybody comes back for one month and then everybody leaves again. I mean, to be fair, though, that's not actually like even a defense anymore. Considering yeah. that with the launch of every new expansion, the game is actually doing worse um, over time, with the exception, I think, of Shadowlands, which became... So the game was on a marked downward trajectory, even with launches. Um, you know, ever since uh, Cataclysm, really, yeah. every single launch was smaller than the Cataclysm launch and smaller than the launch just before it. So Mist of Pandaria was smaller than the Cataclysm launch. Wall of Draenor was smaller than the, uh, the Mist of Pandaria launch, and so on and so forth. Then Shadowlands came out because it was legitimately the game that promised to be sort of a return to, to a better WoW. And, um, well, it failed shortly after its launch. So it showed that there's still life in the old goal. Like, there's still gamers that really want to play WoW, but they're not currently having a shit ton of fun in World of Warcraft. Uh, I think Dragonflight sales are going to be quite bad because um, I think a lot of people are now going into it a bit more like, uh, we'll see what's, what's going to happen here. So I, I think Dragonflight is going to have to be one of those expansions that starts really slow and then picks up speed as it as it sort of takes off and, and becomes its own little thing. That's like a best case scenario, assuming that yeah. they actually deliver on the things that they're saying. Yeah, yeah of course. I'm, I'm, I'm always willing to assume the best so i'm always willing to give benefit of the doubt um i'm not at this point there's a reason why i'm willing to do that for wow uh specifically with dragonflight have you listened to all of the interviews that ian did i mean i've listened to some of them i don't think i listened to all of them but i've, I've listened to the asmongold one i've listened to the hazelnutty mm -hmm. one and yeah. i've listened to a lot of content from belilar and you yeah yeah so Ian Azikostas, in his interviews, for the first time ever, is actually admitting that they made mistakes. He's actually not just admitting that they made mistakes, but correctly highlighting the mistakes that they have made. Um, I don't know. I, I, got, I got a little bit upset when, when like, Asmongold asked him about the lessons that he learned from um, Shadowlands, and he makes a joke about covenants, and I'm just like, 
So he thought that was funny. <laughs> you know, so well, I'm thinking about, you think this is a joke. <laughs> it's like, what see, the, the, f- <laughs> the reason I get it, and I, I, I'm sort of, I realized that a lot of Europeans felt almost personally offended by that joke. And I, I think that's because, uh, so sarcasm is, is no, I, 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 I understood. American- I understood the sarcasm, but it's just like, I feel like there's a time and a place like, I, we right now, right? We're, we're kind of neutral, mm. even on friendly terms, right? So if I use yeah. sarcasm with you, it's a funny thing. But it's like, mm. we're not necessarily at this point, especially after, you know, uh, BFA, uh, Shadowlands, we're not necessarily on the best of terms with Ian. So his sarcasm True. is not necessarily going to learn, uh, land in an effective yeah. way, I feel like. I don't feel like this is something you should be joking about because you've messed. It's almost like, imagine if, uh, I don't know, like, you know, with the Amber Hurl trial, I, I just got in, into my mind. Imagine if I, if I go out to your house and I take a shit on your living room and then I make a joke about it. It's not going to be yeah. very funny, is it? No, no, clear, clearly not. But, okay, first of all, I always appreciate sarcasm, no matter, okay. like, especially untimely sarcasm is just brilliant for me. It's just second to innuendos. Like, anything innuendo is, is my favorite thing in the world. But I also appreciate the psychological effect that Ian was having there. This guy came into what he perceived as an incredibly hostile environment. Remember, Asmongold is yeah. not the nicest guy when it comes to but, Ian and World of Warcraft. But I feel like when you when he does interviews, I've never seen Asmongold like go nasty on an interview, right? So I don't think No, but that, also I mean it, Asmongold has never interviewed Ian. Yeah, this is true. I mean, and remember also, I, Ian comes from this world right now where it is public knowledge that Blizzard hates Asmongold. Yeah. Right? It's public knowledge. So Ian knows this walking into this interview. He also knows that Asmongold is so unhappy with World of Warcraft that Asmongold led the biggest exodus from World of Warcraft in the history of the game ever. Yeah. Right? So for, for Ian, this is an incredibly stressful situation. And he walks into it, and the first question Asmongold asks him is one that clearly sets up the covenants and the systems of Shadowlands. And I think he made a joke to try and calm himself, but also to show Asmongold that, listen, I'm not here to combat you. I'm, I'm not here to pussyfoot around the issues. I will answer your questions honestly. I will, I will, I will. I will basically be here to meet you in the middle of the yeah. of the road, as it were. So I appreciated his answer, I think, because I understood the situation that he was in. It was stressful. It was not necessarily the most fun situation for him the, to be in. One, one of the things that um, I've brought up in previous videos is like, I feel that Blizzard needs to get a little bit more grounded with the way that they approach things. I mean, this is the thing that I'm about to talk about is never going to happen, not in a million years. But like, if you think about it, for instance, right, I think Blizzard realizes at least the people in charge, they realize they fucked up with BFA and Shadowlands. I think that's pretty obvious, right? So they realize they have a problem, particularly with Shadowlands and the way that things have been going and the content drought that happened and all of that. So like, if you look and and you draw a, a parallel with Final Fantasy 14, and you look at, for instance, the launch of Endwalker. What happened in the launch of Endwalker? Endwalker launched, and for starters, uh, it was delayed two weeks. 
First thing, developer yeah. comes out and he's like, I'm sorry, bows to everybody, apologizes to everybody. Two weeks delay. Okay. Game comes out. First week, tons of people can't log into the game at all. He's like, I'm sorry. Here's seven days where you don't have to pay to play the game. And yeah. then next week, we still haven't able to fix this. I'm sorry. Here's 14 more days. That's 21 days at the launch of the expansion throughout yeah. which people could basically experience the entirety of the MSQ and leave for free. Well, not for free because you still have to pay for the expansion, whatever. Yeah. But like no monthly fee is what I'm saying. And I kind of feel yep. like that would have been something that Blizzard could have had that would have been a bit of an easy win, but they're never going to do this, which would have been like, no. okay, look, there's a content drought. We can't fix this because COVID, because whatever. You can play the game mm -hmm. for free. Like imagine them just giving out like a free month of World of Warcraft. How would that land towards that community? It would buy tons of goodwill. But instead, what yeah. do they do? They're like, oh, here's a $25 mount. Here's yep. this cat There's with big eyes. It's like, what, this, what the fuck, dude? What are you doing? I mean, that's probably the most disgusting six-month mount. Like, I'm not a fan of the six-month mounts in, in yeah. the best of times. But that's probably the most disgusting one to date. Because at the time of launching the six-month mount, Blizzard knew that there was going to be a nine-month content drought. They fucking knew that there was going to be no content. And they purposefully released a six-month mount to tie people in for six months to a game that is otherwise basically dead. There's nothing coming out for the next six months. So that was absolutely disgusting. The problem is that those kinds of decisions... So here's where Final Fantasy and World of Warcraft differ. Yoshi P is one of the board members of Squeenix. So yep. he sits on the board. And when he took on the role as the, the the director and producer of Final Fantasy XIV, he effectively made it very clear that he owns Final Fantasy XIV. So no decisions are made without his express say-so. If, if the, like, the, the presidents of Squeenix have no say on what happens within FF14, which is why, you know, the CEO of Squeenix now is very into NFTs. <laughs> And the OGP just straight up said there will no, there won't be NFTs yeah. in FF14. Done, dusted. That's it. That's the end of the fucking discussion. Um, Ian doesn't have that. World of Warcraft is run by Bobby Kuntik. He owns the fucking place. So Ian can't promise us thirty days of game time. Uh, Bobby will lose his shit if, but if kinda, you give shit away for free. I kind of feel like there needs to be someone at Blizzard that is able to do those things that is able to directly communicate with the community and you know have yep. the power like i feel like that person should be um who's the guy i forget his name the the guy who's leading blizzard right now uh, mike ibarra mm. i feel like mike ibarra yeah. should be the one that should take a role like that and he'd be like okay guys look there's been problems here's how we're going to make this right for you but they yeah. never do that they they never oh. do right by their player base and i feel like that is a serious problem and the community can't keep just like accepting this. Like, I mean, it, it only goes the fact that people are already, you know, lining up to purchase the expansion and whatnot. Like, I think yeah. it is way too soon for that. It is way too soon. You see, the problem is, again, we go back to the Wowers. Yeah. Blizzard right now, uh, like, look, Blizzard's own arrogance is is astounding at times. 
But the truth is they don't have to apologize and they know it because they know at the end of the day, um, they have a core base community that will be there for everything. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter how it is. When they do something, that community will be there. They, they will log in no matter what. So why would they apologize? You know, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. on the other hand, even though I would argue it has a much larger core audience, the, the issue that Final Fantasy has is it will always, in its heart, be the little brother trying to overtake the big brother. Like, at its core, it's always going to fight this fight of we want to be the next WoW, but we're not maybe quite there yet. I don't I don't so. think that's what they're trying to do. I believe that I've I've seen in a video, I think it must have been a Zeppla video. She said, and I don't know where she got this information, but Zeppla is usually pretty well informed when it comes to 14, so I'll take her out of word. But she said yeah. something like the game was designed to function with 300,000 players. So it's like they don't need to overtake WoW. Would yeah. they like to? Maybe, but I don't think they necessarily have to. They can just be pretty successful in their niche, which I find yeah. be different from WoW. You could realistically play the MSQ of 14 whenever it comes out and then, you know, mm -hmm. do the raids and whatnot because you can get into maintenance mode in 14 like that yeah. when an expansion comes out. Like it took me maybe two weeks and that was not even hardcore going at it. Um, yeah. And, you know, then you're in maintenance mode and you can just like, oh, Raids are coming out. I'm going to do the raid like once a week and mm -hmm. then you hop out. So you could realistically even play both games and still dedicate more time to World of Warcraft and still be fine. Yeah. And I think that they're happy with that being the way that they do things, which is you come in, you play, you come back next patch. Like cancel your sub, whatever, come back next patch. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputing that at all. Uh, it's actually Yoshi P that said this. Yeah. Uh, that's why she got, that's where she got the information from. Uh, Yoshi P explained this to Asmongold and Rich oh. uh, during their interview, where he was like, um, you know, th they want a game that people can play whenever they have the time, yeah. but if they don't have time, they don't have to play, or if they're done with everything, they can leave. Um, they, they sort of take a very different approach to World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft wants to tie you into yeah. the grind, whereas FF14 basically goes, look, if you just want to raid, it's going to take you maybe a month to be fully geared, maybe eight weeks at the most to be fully geared. And then you can leave because you've done the raid, you've got the gear, come back when the next raid launches. But we have a shit ton of other activities that yeah. you could go play if you choose to do so. So we can keep you busy, literally day in, day out with content, but only if you want to. Like, if you don't care about that, that's fine with us. Do whatever you need to do, do whatever you like, you know, and that, that's the end of it. That's a very healthy that approach. It is, obviously, and I think that's the approach that FFO, like World of Warcraft should be taking, and I think it's what they're trying to do in, in Dragonflight. The point I was making more is every single, like, if you're a content creator, would you rather be PewDiePie or be Aklon? You'd rather be PewDiePie. Everyone wants to be PewDiePie, right? I, At the I end actually, of the day. I actually don't. I'd rather. You don't. I don't want to be PewDiePie. Subscribers. No, I don't. It's too okay. much. It's too. It's too much pressure. To be honest, I've. I've never. I'll, I'll tell you right now. When I started creating content, my initial goal mm -hmm. was ten thousand subs. Because when I started making content, ten thousand subs. If you had ten thousand subs, like that was about big enough. 
But, you know, yeah. the goalposts have shifted and, you know, numbers have gone freaking astronomical on YouTube. So then my objective became, okay, now I just want to be 100,000. But again, the goalposts have shifted. My ideal one now would be about 500, 500,000, give or take, because it's about yeah. enough that you can create whatever content you want without being necessarily dependent on like, no, I have to create content to serve this specific niche. Because, yeah. you know, if you don't, then you don't get views. I, I just want to be able to create whatever content I want and not necessarily be super dependent on having to serve yeah. a specific niche. That's the size that I want to be. So not a hundred million stuff. No, I don't want that. I, I really don't. It's too much hassle. See, I don't, I, my goals is a hundred million. Although I don't, I know I'll never get there, but eh, never I say of, never. What I'm know. trying to do. The reason I have that goal for myself is more a case of, Whenever I go and sit down and I write a script and I, I make my video, um, I'm always thinking about this one needs to be better than the last one. Um, you know, so that's sort of why I have that goal. It, it's not really because I care in getting there. It's more just a case of my goal is to be the best at what I do. And for that to happen, I need to do better with every single one of my videos. So the script has to be more informative. It has to be better edited. So me and my editor talk about this a lot. Uh, every single video has to be better than the last one uh, because I want to be able to say eventually I'm the best at doing wow speculation content or even speculation content in general. Um, and I think that's true for someone like Yoshi P. He would like to be able to say we are the best MMO on the market. And right now they can say that because they are. Yeah. Uh, I think objectively, Final Fantasy is the best MMO on the market right now. It's not going to be for everyone, but I think for a lot of people, there's there's a lot of things to do in FF14 that they haven't even experienced yet. Uh, so that's sort of where I was coming from. It, it it It's always going to have that little brother syndrome where it can't just take its audience for granted because its audience is not WoW's audience. It doesn't have the 10 million active players every single month, you know, and... Uh, WoW doesn't have that anymore, but it used to have that. Um, so it is still treating, and maybe it's an East-West thing. You know, uh, we've been speaking about this a lot during the live streams. Um, there's a definite difference between how the East handles things, like companies in the East and companies in the West. It's like Western companies refuse to admit any fault whatsoever. Like, they'll, yep. they'll go down swinging as long as they don't have to admit that they were wrong. Whereas Eastern companies feel far more almost compelled to apologize when they fucked up. They just go, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised uh, during the latest, uh, the last producer le le letter, Yoshi P apologized to the player base for taking two weeks extra on every single patch. So they ask players if they you know, think they're going to be three months and two weeks between patches rather than just the three months. And then he immediately goes on to apologize. And I'm like, bro, it's two <laughs> weeks. Who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, exactly. If you need two more weeks, that's fine. Like, no one cares, really. But he does that. Why? Because there's genuine respect, I believe, yeah. there for the people that's playing the game. But see, that's that that I feel like is the main difference, right? I feel like World yeah. of Warcraft does not respect its player base. 
which I, I feel is, is a definitive problem. Like they need to respect mm-hmm. the player base and they need to respect the player's time, which is something that they definitely don't do. Oh um, yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually curious about something. So you started in mm-hmm. vanilla. When did you first start losing interest? Cause I'm assuming there was a point at which we're like, okay, this is some bullshit. Yeah. Um, all right. So I played, I, I loved all of it. There was a short stint during Mr. Pandaria that I really didn't like the game. But that's sort of more real life stuff. So uh, I just broke up with my girlfriend, whom whom I met through World of Warcraft. Uh, we raided together. We did a bunch of shit together. Um, we basically met because we were like one of the only twenty or twenty five people all the way back in the day on Ragnaros being hardcore raiders. So uh, she joined my guild because she wanted to be in. We were round first at the time. So. Uh, she was a hardcore rogue and she wanted to join. And so we met and we started dating and then we broke up, uh, in, uh, right at the end of cataclysm. So I went into Mr. Pandaria. Yeah. Really not fucking like really not interested. Cause a lot of what I played for was gone. All my friends had left in Mr. Pandaria as well. Like all my friends that played with me in cataclysm had fucked off. So I was basically alone in Mr. Pandaria again. And I just finished college and started working. So, you know, coming home every night, having to do all those dailies. I no longer have my girlfriend. Uh, by the way, it was my choice to break up. So I can't even say that it was that bitch that destroyed it. <laughs> yeah. I broke up with her and she isn't a bitch. But anyway, so, you know, I, I just fell out of love with the game for a while. Came back right at the end of Miss Midoriya, fell right back in love with the game. Played all throughout WOD, all throughout Legion. It was BFA. BFA was BFA the breaking moment for me. Yeah. Because uh, this, I feel like, BFA was the, the moment that the lack of real creativity in World of Warcraft started shining through, where the treadmill became incredibly noticeable, right? Uh, this continuous just treadmill that they want to keep you on, this conveyor belt of content where you have to keep going, otherwise you fall behind. Um, and I just I, I just couldn't do it. I, I just genuinely felt like, uh, dude, no. I don't have the time for this. I, I, I'm making videos. I'm streaming. I don't have the time to also then turn this into a second job. Because just to be clear, my streams are actually just chatting streams. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I do two and a half, three hours of just chatting. And then I'll play a game. But even playing the game is sort of like background noise. Yeah. I just have the game on so that we're doing something whilst just chatting. So I don't I don't I don't want to spend that time doing dailies in World of Warcraft and fucking trying to get my Azerite armor, uh, you know, max level on the neck and shit like that. So I think that was the moment that I first started to realize there's something deeply wrong with World of Warcraft and the design philosophy around the game. Uh, also because I went from being a very hardcore raider in Legion to no raiding in BFA. So suddenly the lack of content for casual players became a serious issue. Because if you're a raider, World yeah, of Warcraft you're is working great. On, you're working on the raids, basically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we would raid four, five, six nights a week sometimes, you know? uh alt raids and stuff like that uh to be fair though i didn't partake in all of those alt raids i would do my three four nights of raiding a week 
and then I would play other games uh, whilst I was waiting for the raids. But that sort of filled that niche. Yeah. Now that that those nights were gone, suddenly I started to realize. But hold on, the game has nothing else. If you're not raiding and you don't give a fuck about mounts or pets, there really is nothing in this game. Like, it has nothing. It's an empty shell. Um. Because I don't, by the way, I don't give a shit about Transmog. I don't give a shit about mounts and pets. I couldn't care less. I don't care about gear, even. I I like raiding because I, I enjoy the puzzle. Um, I want something that's fun. So when I go into Final Fantasy and I do the deep dungeons or chocobo racing, it's my addiction. Um, <laughs> that's what I want, you know? I want something that gives me a reason to waste my time. Um and WoW just doesn't have that right now. It doesn't have that reason. I'm hoping Dragon Riding changes that, by the way. Because that it looks cool. I know it's a Guild Wars 2 thing, and I don't give a fuck that they borrowed it from Guild Wars 2. It looks cool. I want to ride a dragon. <laughs> so when it comes to Dragon Riding, that's actually something that I've been super excited for when they first announced it. Because one of yeah. the things that I've said multiple times not just with MMOs, but games in general, is that a lot of developers actually don't pay attention to traversal. They don't realize that in order for someone to invest a significant amount of time in a world, you need to actually enjoy the process of navigating that world. So like an example that I always like to bring up, you're probably not going to be familiar with this at all, uh, is Xenoblade Chronicles X. Now, this is a yeah, game for the no, Wii U, so you have no idea. <laughs> Most people no. have no idea what Xenoblade Chronicles X is. But basically, this is a... It's actually, in a lot of ways, Xenoblade uh, plays kind of like an MMO. So you have your characters. You play with a gamepad, but you have, like, abilities on a bar. And then you cycle through those abilities with the D-pad, and you press a button, and your character does a skill. And then you also auto-attacks okay. at the same time. So it's pretty much like an MMO. Yeah. Uh, but it's a JRPG. And so the way that they did Xenoblade Chronicles X, like there's a huge world for you to explore mm -hmm. and they don't gate you. Like there might be a couple of like super high level errors. That's like, okay, you need to unlock a certain step of the story. But for the most of the map, they don't get you at all. It's like, hey, you want to see what that monster over there that's level 80 looks like and you're level 10? Go right ahead. Yeah. If you get too close, he'll kill you. <laughs> it's like, it's that simple. <laughs> so you do what you want. So, but the cool thing that they did is also your characters move ridiculously fast throughout their world. Okay. And the justification they give you is like, oh, you're controlling like these droid clones or some bullshit, whatever. So your characters yeah. move really fast. And then on top of it, mm -hmm. they jump really high. And so what does that make? That makes it that it's really fun for you to traverse. You Eventually yeah. you even unlock flying in that game. So you can fly at some points. But even okay. just the fact of running through the world and figuring out ways to reach areas that you haven't unlocked through the story, it's possible. Because like they'll place, for instance, giant mushrooms, and you look at it and you're like, mm -hmm. I can jump so high. I can probably jump up these mushrooms and go to this area that I'm not supposed to be in. And yeah. it's fantastic to explore because you're, you're just curious. And if the world looks good, which it did, you're just like, dude, I just want to go over there and see what's there. It doesn't even yes. matter if I can't kill anything. I just want to go there and see it. And they let you do that. They let you do go crazy with exploration. And it was one of yeah. my favorite experiences ever because traversal is fun. Another example, yes. Gravity Rush. You've ever heard of Gravity Rush? No. So you know that video games usually are not particularly good at doing flying. Like, for instance, MMO flying, I think fucking sucks in most yep. games. It just sucks yep. because what you, like, I think Ian even described it. It's basically swimming on air. You're swimming mm. on the air and that's it. Not interesting mm. at all. So the way the Gravity Rush worked is you would have a okay. gravity gauge 
and you would press a button and your character would start floating. And then you would aim your camera, press the same button again, your character would start falling in that direction. So they're not actually flying, they're falling. And then once okay. they get there, doesn't matter which orientation your camera's in, that's the gravity direction for a certain amount of time. And that would be how you would navigate. You're not really flying, yeah. you're falling in style. And that yes, 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 yes. made it super different. So it's like Xenoblade Chronicles X and Gravity Rush, fantastic yeah. fucking traversals. It was always a pleasure to run around in those worlds. But then you have yeah. other games like a Ubisoft game. It's like, okay, you can run, and then you can ride a horse. Even Elden Ring does stuff with the horse we're like, okay, you got these spirit springs where the horse jumps up really high, so you'll want to find those. And the horse yeah. moves maybe unreasonably fast when you compare it to any other open world game. Good, so that I can get yeah. to the places that I want faster, so that I can explore. And then people are like, well, it, yeah. then you can run away from monsters and not be penalized. Why would I want to be penalized? I'm playing a video game. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that last thing you just said there is so fucking true. So many games try to focus on the penalties in order to keep people playing the game the way that the 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 developers envision the game to be played. And and that's not how that works. Yeah. Because no matter how you think players are gonna play your game, players are gonna find their own way to play the game. And your job as a developer is to give as many players as possible the tools to play the game that they want to play regardless of how you think the game should optimally be played that's yeah. not important so i look at games specifically because games people love to throw around the word world of warcraft has too many systems and it's like dude if we're not going to define what a system is this is a conversation that doesn't matter because all things are systems there's like literally not a single thing that isn't a system in a video game right so uh i look at systems as additive or deductive systems. So you have systems that add to the game, and then you have systems that deduct from the game. And the perfect game is a game where it has more systems that add to the game than what it has systems that deduct from the game. Now, it can sound strange, because there are systems that you might think, well, this adds something to the game, like flying. It adds, Obviously, it adds flying to the game. But think about what flying removes from the game. So so I have to ask you a question. Do you like flying in MMOs or do you not like flying in MMOs? No, no, I despise flying in MMOs. I hate it with my <laughs> entire it heart. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. And it's not, it's not the flying bit. It's the fact that you go up in the air and then you get to skip the yep. entire world to go to the place. So we were talking about this earlier with the whole, you have to go out into the open world to, you know, go to the Mythic Plus. Well, yeah. yeah, you fly over the whole world to the Mythic Plus. So you're not really in the world. You're just flying to the to the location that you need to be in. Now, I get what a lot of people say here. They go, well, the world isn't interesting. It's like, yeah, but that's a failure on the development side. Yeah, exactly. The world should be interesting to kind of just like navigate and spend time in. And if it's not, then there's definitely a problem with the game. And I think that yeah. th when they first announced uh dragon riding the reason i was super excited was like can they make this just actually replace traditional riding and then of course everybody oh, goes I like i have like a my fucking 500 mount collection it's like I, dude i could have a thousand mounts i'd still rather than like do a good traversal system that then yep. be worried about whether or not i can swim in the air like you can 
So here's what people don't seem to understand. You could bring out a dragon riding system for different classes of mounts. So all your horse mounts, for example, have their own horse riding system. Yeah. And this is, say, for example, that's, a that's what Guild Wars. That's system. what Guild Wars 2 does, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So you have, for example, uh, all your horse mounts are ground riding systems. So these are systems where even ground riding isn't just the case of pressing the uh, the W yeah, and, and going in whatever fucking direction you're going in. But there's a level of sort of style required and content required. So if someone wants to get from point A to point B, they use the taxi system in the game. But if, if you want to go on a mount from one place to the other, it's an actual gameplay experience. Yeah. There's gameplay involved in going from one place to the other. It's not just hit all to run and go grab a cup of coffee because your mount's going to fly there and it's going to take maybe 10 minutes to get there. That's not how games are supposed to be designed, in my opinion. One of the one of the hopes that I have for the dragon riding system is that it becomes faster than regular flying. So it's like there's an incentive for you to actually use dragon riding. And, I, yeah. and, and another thing that bothers me is like, why can't they just implement this for all previous expansions? Just let people dragon ride through other places. Like, what's the big deal? I think Ian has kind of spoken about this. So first of all, you are going to go significantly faster than a normal mount. So the dragon at max speed, um, I heard a rumor, is about twice the speed of normal flying. Good. And it can actually go even higher than that. Good. So if you do, if you do a proper dive off of a high enough perch, yeah. uh, your dragon will go really fast. Like yeah. really, really fast. Uh, so that's already there, and I love that idea. Now, Ian did say the dragon riding for now is an expansion-specific system. Yeah, it's just for dragonflight. Yeah, I think this is their test phase. So they are basically going to use this. I hope that's the truth. But they're going to use this as a way to iron out the, the, the wrinkles. Because if they immediately just slapped on dragonflight for all previous expansions, and it is a broken system, can you imagine the outrage from people who just want to get to their dungeon to do their transmog but now they have to deal with this wonky, broken-ass fucking dragon but riding why, system. Why can't they just them. use traditional riding? They can just go back to flying regularly, even if they don't like dragon riding. Because it, well, it wouldn't stop them from flying in the old world. You just can't fly in dragon flight. You have to deal with the dragon riding system in dragon flight. But it's like in the old world, you can use old... But just enable it is what I was thinking. Because, again, but I, at the end of the day, yeah. I just wanted to have like a better traversal system than regular flight because regular flight is boring i don't care how many people are like oh but my 500 miles i don't give a fuck okay because yeah. it's not fun flying is just not fun and it skips like you said it skips content like there's yeah. stuff that happens like i i can even um speak of this for when i was leveling through endwalker like it was really cool going through the ground because at the start you don't have flight so going through the ground and you'd encounter other players and you'd see like okay this guy's struggling to, to deal with this mob and you go in and you help and like there's actual interactions within the community and then the moment yeah. everybody unlocked flying it's like well yeah every now and then people help each other out if somebody asks for help but there's no longer yeah. that oh i i found this player he was having a tough time with this and i helped them out that just doesn't happen yeah. anymore because everybody goes a to b do my thing leave yeah. a to b do my thing and leave and it's not cool yeah 
I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, which is why I hate flying in video games so much, because I feel like flying serves sort of two bad purposes. One, it allows you to skip the world. Two, because it allows you to skip the world, the developers aren't forced to make the world all that interesting. Yeah. Because they know people will eventually just skip the whole world. Now, Ian did say that they now have an entire dedicated team designing outworld content. So outdoor content is now becoming a real focus for Blizzard. Uh, they're going to put in things for the dragon riding where you can fly races with the dragon riding. They're going to put in jumping puzzles. They're going to put in uh, like mob uh, mob spawns that maybe uh, kill a hundred of these things as they're rushing towards a point, stuff like that. So they're really taking a new approach at making the world sort of its own character, which if Ian and his team could play one game, and I don't know if you've, have you played Cyberpunk? No. Uh, you, want, you want to hear a funny story? Yeah, I yeah asked, sure. I asked for a code for Cyberpunk. Uh-huh. Uh, and they said they were going to send it to me. Mm-hmm. And it got here, I think, a month after release. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That actually worked in my favor because now I don't, have to, I don't have to feel like I need to cover it because I don't want to cover it. <laughs> so I basically got the game for free, never even played it. <laughs> I would say don't play it to cover it. Uh, yes. The game is... A hell of a lot better than what it was at launch like uh, they've they have stuck to their promise of basically fixing all of the problems in the game there's still minor issues here and there that they're gonna need bigger content patches for and there is two expansions at least planned for it so i'm assuming that will fix a lot of the issues because uh, they did actually say that the first expansion adds a whole new story but then also changes quite a lot in the base story uh <laughs> So it, they are sort of re- retroactively going to change a lot of the base story and choices. But there's something special about Cyberpunk that a lot of people overlook. The world, the city itself. That city is its own character. The The main an- antagonist of Cyberpunk 2077 is Night City. There's no real boss that you're supposed to be worried about. The city is the antagonist. The enemy is the city. Everyone loses. No one wins against the city. Um, you drive through that city and you you can see the desperate areas where people are being shut on by the corporations. And you can see how the people who work for the corporations live. And they're so high and mighty. Their streets are clean. There's no graffiti anywhere. And then you drive into one of the downtown areas and it's just fucked and poverty ridden and you can see that these people don't give a shit there's little side missions that give you information about uh so they have this thing in night city this broke my brain and i i you have to play it to experience it but they have in cyberpunk in the night city they they have insurance for manslaughter so if you drove and you were drunk and you hit someone and you killed them and you're a corporate, uh, so you work for the corporations, um, your insurance will pay out to the family of the one who died and you then don't go to jail. The police don't even do anything because your insurance paid out. That's it. Because <laughs> it's all about the money. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, it defends you against manslaughter. So if you yeah. were drunk driving and you killed someone, would you find this out during a mission, a side mission, 
where they sent you to be the exactor of revenge, right? So you're going to deal out the justice that the justice system doesn't want to dish out because according to them, the insurance paid out the claim. You know, the family got a small stipend for their daughter dying. Their 12-year-old was killed uh, one night during a drunk driving thing. And the insurance paid out a couple of thousand eddies, and it's done. The police didn't investigate because the insurance paid out. The matter is, the matter is settled. Small little things like that that put you in this world, and you just go, bro, this is so fucked up. Like, this world is so fucked. The and problem... It, it, the Beautiful. problem with something like that becomes how do you convey that through World of Warcraft questing, right? Because you're talking about cyberpunk. You have this big narrative going on. And yeah. it's very hard for them to convey that through like the text of you know a quest that most people are going to skip to begin with. It's like well, I don't know exactly think... how they can solve that. So the, the quest bit that I, that I spoke there is a bit of a side thing. It, yeah. it, it's just cool. Uh, so it's really nice to see stuff like that. But I, what I'm talking more about is the functionality and the visualization of the world. The fact that in that world, you're in that world, right? Uh, so you have to go around and you drive around and you're in this city. It's a living, breathing city where cars are driving around you. There's peak traffic. So when it's peak traffic, the fucking roads are chock and block full of cars. And then there's midnight where there's no cars almost on the road and there's no people on the streets. So it's it sort of, the the world itself tells a story. When's the last time World of Warcraft's world actually did this? You know, uh, think playing through Shadowlands. You finish everything in Bastion, right? You finish the entire story of Bastion. Yet nothing in Bastion actually changes. Yep. Like, the world does not adapt to the story being told. Not only that, but like, unless you uh, unless you play the Covenant of Bastion... You don't even get to see the transition of one of the main characters, which is uh, Davos, I think. She shows up in the Uther cinematic. You yeah. don't even see her transition into going evil. You, did, mm. you just then, you go to the, the dungeon, whatever dungeon it is, I forget the name, and it's like, oh, she's evil now. And then two weeks later, you do the Bastion quest that shows her becoming evil, and you're just like... Dude, what the hell? You, not yeah. even you have any respect for your own story. Why should anybody else? I mean, come on. It's annoying. And again, this is where I know people get really frustrated whenever content creators sort of compare World of Warcraft to Final Fantasy XIV. But Final Fantasy XIV, when you're doing quests in an area, there is a marked change in that area. The Beast Tribes, for example, Almost all of them, at least the ones that I've done so far, the, the beast the tribe area changes. Yeah, yeah, the area physically go, undergoes a change. Almost every single expansion tends to have a zone that has to be built up over the course of the expansion, and through you doing things in that zone, you contribute to the building up of this place, this city, or this town that has to be rebuilt. I mean, the um, the recent housing district that got added was basically, you know, supposedly fixed by players by doing multiple quests over the... Yeah. And people would meet... They've always met the objectives of those quests. I'm curious as to what would have happened if we hadn't met those objectives, but... They've been met on every server because everybody used the thing to level their crafters. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the Ishgard housing thing was built by players, kinda. Yes, players. Uh, part of your max level questing, specifically for crafters. So this is also something that Final Fantasy does that I wish Blizzard will do in Dragonflight. 
is turn professions into its own thing, into its own play style. Because that's what Final Fantasy has, right? Its professions is a literal job. Yep. Uh, so they call their classes jobs. It is its own job, right? Uh, like, you're, you're, you're not a black mage that also has weaving. You're a weaver. So you switch to weaver, and now you have an entire quest line and an entire gameplay system purely around being a weaver. And that's what you're doing now. Um, and we need that. So this is where we get back to the discussion of if you're making a game like World of Warcraft, you have to look at every single one of your systems and say, right, what is this system adding to the game? And what is the system taking away from the game? For too long now, World of Warcraft have kind of treated every single one of their systems except for the Mythic Plus system, the raiding system, and the PvP system as almost just whatever. You know, we have flying, so we have flying. That's yep. going to be in the game. We're not, we're not even going to think about an interesting way to unlock flying. You just have flying. It's it's part of a fucking quest chain that you'll eventually do. It's time gated as fuck. Who cares? And, so, and it's it's probably really... going to be boring too. Grinding yeah, flying, so... ne it never seems fun because ever since it, it uh, isn't. Cataclysm, I've never had flight in in the game because I never unlock flying because I'm just like I'm not doing that. I'm not I I'm not willing to do things that I don't think are fun. Like for instance, I I'll play. I've played. 2,600 hours of Monster Hunter uh, World Iceborne. Yeah. And if you were asking me, did you get all the golden crowns? No, because I thought it was boring. Golden crowns is like hunting the same monster over and over until you randomly right. get a version of the monster that's really big. And then when you okay. kill that, you get a golden crown for that monster. It's like, oh, this one's really big. Then the same thing yeah. for when it's really small. And it's just like, yes. I'm not going to hunt the same monster 300 times until I get a yeah. random one that's going to be big and a random one is going to be small because that's not fun. I'd rather hunt something that is fun or that I'm crafting gear for whatever. And so, yeah, yeah I, I don't do things that I find boring. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, the only reason I've always been able to unlock flying is because a lot of the flying is tied to the story and sort of doing every single quest and every single zone and exploring every single yeah. zone. And since that's sort of what I do naturally, it wasn't too hard to ever unlock flying for me. Um, but it's still boring. Like it's not really, it doesn't really invite you at least with final fantasy. So I don't think flying in final fantasy is any better. Just to be clear. I don't think final fantasy does flying very well. No. Um, but the, but the thing least, is, it's unlock is better. Yeah, it's it's like you know when to un when you can unlock it. You know yeah. that all you got to do is like, okay, go get these things, and then you can get it, and boom, done. And it's not a long, tedious quest line because otherwise yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it because I'd get bored too fast. So it's just like I mean, do the, the 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 quest that you got to do, the main quest of the area, yeah. finish the area, and then just look for a couple of things in the map, and you're done. I mean, you can you can literally so those things are usually tied to the MSQ. Yeah, like you, you when you're doing a quest in a certain area, there's a good chance that there is one of the ether currents close to that location. Some of them's a little bit off the beaten path, yeah. but it does take you through the zone, so you get to see the whole zone on your mount. But it's like uh, even for the ones that are off the beaten path, they give you the thing to find them. So there's a, yeah, yeah, a specific you, the uh, you you use the compass, and it's like oh, it's yeah. this way, and you go and you find them. 
Exactly. And the compass is also a little bit, like, it doesn't give you a an exact location. Yeah, it yeah. tells you north, northeast, south, southeast, you know, it tells you the direction. It, it has you navigating the world a little bit. Yeah, I think it's cool. Exactly. Which is, at least in terms of unlocking it, kind of a cool thing. But yeah. once it's unlocked, it again becomes a very yeah. a sort of subtractive system where it is subtracting more from the world than what it is actively adding to the world. Now, luckily for Final Fantasy XIV, since it has so much content that actually does add to the game, one subtractive system doesn't break it. Whereas in World of Warcraft, when the entire game is built around Mythic Plus raiding and PvP, and all of those are instanced pieces of content, when you have one system that basically nullifies the entirety of the open world, well, you've now just killed the game. There, what game? <laughs> yeah. You may as well now make this. Um, I'm trying to think. I once played a game. I don't know what the game is called. It may actually be Monster Hunter, FYI. <laughs> but I have, a, I have a PlayStation 4. I don't know why I have the fucking thing. I'm not even a gamer, uh, a, play, a console gamer, but I have the PlayStation. Oh, I bought it because I wanted to play God of War, and then God of War came to PC, and I was like, well, fuck that. Let's play it on PC anyway. <laughs> Uh, but so I have a PlayStation 4, and uh, one of the games that's free on the PlayStation 4, you you have this, so you get missions to go kill things with like giant swords and crap, and it's like you and five players, and you have this flying ship. So you fly, and then you jump down, and then you run to where the boss, the monster is, kill the monster, go back to town. Uh, and then just rinse and repeat. That's basically On the game. On a flying ship? That does not sound yeah. like Monster Hunter. Because that sounds like high-tech, right? Yeah, yeah, not high-tech. It's more like it's more like uh, magi-tech almost kind of thing. Dauntless. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah, Dauntless. yeah. yeah, yeah. Dauntless. Dauntless is on PC yeah. as well, though. Dauntless is pretty much like free-to-play Monster Hunter. A lot of people yeah, call it I Monster Hunter Lite. But yeah, yeah, I saw it. I saw it, and I tried it out for a bit. Um, and you know that 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 that's sort of the only thing that I know about it. But you know, the thing that I have there is that's what you turn an MMO into when you're effectively just when you give them flying and everything else is instant. Yeah, because that game has no open world. It literally is just the city. Pick up a quest to go kill a monster. Go on the boat. The boat takes you to the monster. You jump off. You kill the monster, and then you go back. That's that's the rinse and I mean, repeat content. To, now I realize be, for people, to be that's fair, something they love. Final Fantasy fourteen hasn't really solved that problem, in my opinion. Like the no, the the world, true. the world after you've done the MSQ. Uh, sure, there's reasons to go back. Like if you're doing crafting and stuff, and if you want to do mining and whatnot. But for combat. Most of the time, you're also just queuing into things and going off. Because, mm -hmm. like, I'm sure that people told you about Eureka and Bosja. Those are instanced yeah. areas. They're just really yeah, yeah. big instanced areas that can support, I don't know how many players, but it's much more than a regular raid, right? But there's, there's yeah. still instanced areas that you go into, and there's events and stuff. And they're big, but they're not necessarily the open world. Yeah, but this is this is again where I think so Final Fantasy sort of took a different approach to this. They they basically gave you so much instance content yeah. that and also the way their world works, it's sort of like the world is also kind of instanced, you know, because you yes. you zone into an area and then you have to load screen into another area. So the game is sort of just a collection of 
instanced areas Pretty that much. you play in. Um, so it sort of solves that issue, but it sort of masks the, the major issue by purely giving you so much instance content that you want to do that they're re the flying really is a minor part of that. Yeah. And it does do a, a, a decent job with treasure hunts and also with monster hunting. The the They call it something. Um, the Final Fantasy people have the a hunt name trains. for it. The, the hunt trains, that's the one. Yes. That actually does put people in the open world and, yeah. and people are doing things together. And it's very interesting how that just magically evolved to be, you don't just go and you kill it with a bunch of your friends. You yeah, join exactly. the monsters, join the, the, hunt the, the, the hunt train, and you wait for people to go to start the hunt train and then it starts, everyone goes and you just kill a bunch of bosses. It's it's kind of like the same thing in places like Eureka, for instance, where mm -hmm. whenever a fate pops up, which is like a notorious monster spawns, people don't just like, okay, monster's here, let's go kill it. Everybody just, they they shout in, in chat in the instance, they're like, anybody on the way? Because people might be farming some other things. Anybody coming? Yeah. Okay, we're pulling at 27 because there's a timer through which the boss lasts. And then people pull uh, and everybody will be there to, to kind of like gain credit for the kill. But yeah, the community kind of organizes itself very well with that stuff. Yeah, there's definitely a much deeper sense of respect in yeah. Final Fantasy amongst the community members. And I'm not entirely sure where that comes from. Because in WoW, that does not exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I think that a big part of it is also... I mean, it's not just this, but there's also a big part of the fact that, for instance, you know when Asmongold started playing 14, right? bunch of people were just spamming him with big obnoxious mounts blocking npcs and whatnot he yeah. reported them they were gone yeah they were gone it's just like yeah you're banned for like the 24-hour ban and people are like why did i get a 24-hour ban i was just hanging out in my mouth it's like shut the fuck you know exactly what you were doing don't be a little bitch yep. take your ban you, you did what you did and now you have to deal with the consequences Exactly. But, so so there, there's a part that's like thing. that, right? Where where people yeah. they're they're kind of scared because these they, they actually police this community. They actually take oh, yeah. action. Whereas in Blizzard, yeah. you they banned the slash spit emote before they banned the N word. Like what? I mean, the N word is still. I actually had someone email me the other day with a screenshot of oh, uh, someone calling them the N word, uh, and they reported the person. And then a week later, they screenshotted it again. The dates are there. Screenshot again. Oh, this God. guy is still in the game. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck. Is, uh, like, if you're using the N word, to my mind, that's an Insta Palma ban. That's just yeah. because you can't say I typed it by accident. Oops. Like, yeah, I, you, I was maybe, accidentally racist. Yeah. I mean, if you're having an epic gamer moment, like PewDiePie, for example, yeah. You're fighting someone, you're shooting at them, and then you say the N-word. Someone could perhaps make the argument that, you know, you were in the heat of the moment and you said it, even though I guess maybe but growing up South African, that word I've never I've never known that word. So yeah. for me that word wouldn't even come to mind. But I could see you trying to make a case for that. But when you're physically typing it out, there's a there's like a bunch of letters that you're typing. And you're hitting enter. And not That's only not a heat of the moment thing. And not only typing it out once, but like coming back a week later, doing it again. <laughs> like, and exactly. St and still not being banned. It's like, that's friggin' impressive. I want to ask you something. What do you think of the social contract in World of Warcraft? Oh, God. So it's like, I don't, I, let's put it like this. If I was actively play, playing World of Warcraft, 
looking at the social contract, I wouldn't care about the social contract. It doesn't bother me. What bothers me, and I, I've, I've made a tweet about this this morning, what bothers me is that this is Blizzard projecting their own flaws onto their player base. And it's like, what the hell do you mean? You're the ones that can't even keep the breast milk safe, and yet I'm the one that's being painted as being abusive? Like, they, like get your own house in order. It's incredibly hypocritical what they're doing. And as someone yep. pointed out after my tweet, they said, and they don't even like, um, actively enforce these policies in their game so yeah. they're the ones who fostered this type of environment in their video game how th- exactly. it's, it's it's almost more of a thing like how dare you tell me to behave you're the ones who keep me it's, yep. it's, it's a, like i said earlier it's like me going to your house taking a dump on your living room and then telling you akalon why can't you just behave man like what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> or you t- take a dump in my living room and then you give me a social contract yeah saying, exactly hey, giving you a know, social it's not okay to take a dump in someone's living room it's like <laughs> yeah i know i was i was not happy with it right from the fucking start but anyways thanks for, for putting it in writing i guess yeah <laughs> you know um the thing that i have so People miss it because I also tweeted about the social contract and saying that it's stupid and people were like, oh, you just want a reason to be toxic. So first and foremost, I've never been banned from a video game for toxicity. I've never even been reported for toxicity in a video game. And I played League for about nine years. So Ooh, um, that's an achievement. I, I have been through the salt mines and I've never been banned for it because I'm not a toxic guy. I don't. If I'm toxic to someone, actually, that's a lie. I am toxic, but I'll be toxic to your face. I'll be toxic in live stream. I don't see the point. I don't type fast enough to be toxic in in chat. It's just going to be too fucking boring for me to write, uh, your mother is this, that, that, or the other. So I just leave it. I just go, yeah, fuck it. Who cares, right? Because I'm literally still one of those boomer guys that I type with these two fingers. That's it. I can't do the whole hand thing. I don't know. I don't know how people type with their whole hand. I type with two fingers. I type fast, I think, for someone that types with these two fingers. Because I write scripts and it takes me like uh, 10 pages of script takes me about two hours to write. I am extremely jealous. I suck at writing. I'm so bad at writing. I hate writing (laughs) scripts. It takes me forever. I enjoy um, writing them, but... Anyways, I've, the point that I was trying to make. Sorry, no, no, go. Yeah, uh, I, I was just gonna say that I do have a confession. I've been perma banned from the WoW forums twice. Wow, I mean that's that's not. I don't really an achievement. They ban a lot of people from there for just <laughs> but, being critical of the game. The, yeah, the achievement was that I'm still not perma banned today. So I've been perma banned twice, and I'm still not perma banned today. <laughs> It's weird, isn't it? But it's like it, it was wow. mostly because I was really frustrated. Like I said, I used to talk a lot about Death Knights being overpowered and warriors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And there you go. And they banned me because of that. I, I might have been a little bit too passionate. I still didn't say the N word. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But okay, so here's my problem with the social contract. Yeah, um, all of those rules are in the TOS already. It's in terms of service. If you go to conduct in terms of service, it outlines. All of the things in the social contract. Yeah. So the social contract is, by and large, a redundant document because it basically just regurgitates what is already within the so uh, the, the terms of service of World of Warcraft. The issue has never been that people didn't know that they're not supposed to be dicks to each other. It's enforcement. 
Yeah. When people are dicks, it's not enforced. So just having more rules, this is to me a prime example of virtue signaling. Could it be you are, could it be them like giving you a warning? Like, hey, listen, we're gonna start enforcing these. Could it be that? Because they didn't say anything like that to, to that, at least to my knowledge, they didn't say anything that we're gonna start cracking down on these rules. There's like here's a yeah. social contract. I mean, if that's the case, if they're if, if but this is where Blizzard again, if they could just speak to us, yeah, like normal fucking beings, like saying, look, guys, we don't expect the social contract to magically fix things. The reason we're putting the social contract there is because we are actively now going to stop banning fuckers who's being toxic little assholes in the game. But yeah. we want to make sure that they know it. This is why we're giving them this updated social contract to make sure that no one can say, well, I didn't know. You have to accept this before you can log in. So we're making sure that people know what the fuck's going on before we stop banning them left, right, and center. I would, I would probably be like, all right, let's see. I can yeah. accept that. Let's see. The issue is they've it's been against the rules to be a dick to people for a long time. Like toxicity isn't allowed in World of Warcraft to begin with. The TOA says that you have to treat other players with respect. And yet it's not enforced. The issue isn't rules. It's sort of like whenever I listen to government. So I always use this example. Every government in the world uh, went through a period where it declared war on drugs, right? There's a war on drugs going on, and we're going to yeah, stop sure. all drugs from, from being a thing in the world. And then you go to prisons. Prisons are literally the most, the wild, most well-guarded places on earth, and it is filled with fucking drugs. So if you can't even keep drugs out of prison... What fucking hope do you have of keeping drug drugs out of a country? You want you want right? a, you want a real war on drugs? Legalize every drug drug and tax it. Boom, done. We won. It's Dude, that simple. I, I I am for the legalization of all drugs. Just legalize everything. I if think... if somebody wants to wreck themselves with cocaine or whatever, let them. <laughs> Dude, but yeah, I agree. There's with more you. to I'm... be concerned with than that, to be honest. I mean, it's not affecting me, right? If yeah. I don't want to use cocaine, I don't have to use cocaine, and exactly. it's like it doesn't matter. But the the point I'm trying to make is, if if you ha just because you have a rule that says you're not allowed to use drugs doesn't mean people aren't going to use drugs. the The effectiveness of a rule is tied to its enforcement. Now, if you're banning drugs, there's literally no way to enforce that ban, which is why the rule is completely useless. It's a rule that keeps your police busy. But since there's so many people and not enough policemen, they can't fucking enforce the rule, which means the rule is literally a waste of time. That's what the problem is in World of Warcraft. It's not that there isn't the rules that you can't be a cunt. It's that no one does anything when you are a cunt. So players learn, hey, I can do this. I can get away with this. No one's going to do anything to me. I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. And nobody's yeah. going to stop me. <laughs> Exactly. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe the social contract does lead to some people getting banned from the game. I doubt it, though. I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, they've had a long time to crack down on this stuff, and they haven't yet. So I don't know what's changed. Like, why would they? Why, why, why would they now? That that you know? that is that is the actual question. Why why all of a sudden start saying it? It it could be that they're turning over a new leaf, but to be honest, who the hell knows? I I just think that we can't we can't just like straight up say that everything that they're doing is great 
because I feel that a lot of people are going that route. It's like, oh my God, everything's changing for the best. Everything's going to be amazing moving forward. Yeah. And it's like, that's how you get to a situation, I feel like, with the Shadowlands, which I almost feel like I might have um, influenced some people to get into Shadowlands. And I kind of regret, yeah. you know, because I covered the game during Shadowlands and I talked about it yeah. and I had some fun with it. And it's too soon. You know, it's like they need to show us rather than tell us you need to actually show us what you're doing we need to actually yep. be able to you know see the changes and see all of the stuff um that they're changing with the expansion see it working before we can actually be that positive i feel i mean i apologize to my community for the role that i played in convincing some people to pick up shadowlands pick up shadowlands yeah it looked like a decent expansion uh during beta there were a lot of promise during beta, I mean, all of that promise got squandered. So I'm I'm right there with you. I believe in keeping their feet to the fire. Now's the time for them to sort of step up and prove that they deserve the money that that uh, that they want from us, right? Um, I will I will say um, I got a comment two days ago from uh, someone on a video of mine. Now. You might want to like brace yourself for this because the stupidity in this comment is is oh, no. out of this world. The guy goes, he starts off by saying, World of Warcraft isn't that bad. It has its problems, but it's not that bad. Instead of complaining the whole time, we should be grateful that we at least still have a game to play. Oh my god. <laughs> I... I if that's not Stockholm be, syndrome or some shit, I don't know, man. Like, you should be grateful fuck? for paying taxes to your government, regardless if your government gives you any benefit for those taxes. Should yeah, at least you still have a government to take your money. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what the fuck to make of that comment. Like, I genuinely just read the comment and I was like, I can't reply to this comment. I don't mm. know, because if I reply to this comment, it's going to be, you're a fucking idiot. And some, I can't some really of those write people that in the are just, they're, they're just too far gone, right? That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. You have to be grateful that Blizzard is still taking your money uh, for the game. Even though the game isn't perfect, stop complaining. It's almost as if this guy thinks if we complain too much, Blizzard might shut down the game. <laughs> so he's like, don't say anything, guys. Just love the game. Yeah, I know you're not having fun, but shut the fuck up. Just keep they playing the game. It. Don't ruin it for the rest of us. And then you start wondering, <laughs> yeah. who the hell are the rest of you? <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're a content creator, like why, why are so many people even... I just think that World of Warcraft is kind of like... Asmongold said it. Uh, it's, a, it's a 3D chat room, essentially, for a mm. lot of people. Like They go there yeah. because they're friends. As a matter of fact, and before I got into the Shadowlands, I went to my uh, good friend, Old Braid Leader, and I was like, dude... You got a rating spot for me? He's like, yeah, actually, yeah. I was like, okay, then I guess I'll buy Shadowlands. It's like, because if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have yeah. even gotten into Shadowlands. Because I'm not, I'm not getting into Shadowlands just to play like world quests and whatnot. Because that's boring. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, and that's the problem. If you remove raiding and dungeons from the game, there's nothing to do. You compare that to literally almost every other MMO in the market. You remove dungeons and raiding, there's still a fuck ton of things to do. So did you like done, did you raid in yeah. Shadowlands? No, uh, I stopped raiding at the end of Legion 
so basically my guild we were like i guess i guess let's say let's say hardcore to semi-hardcore um we got to we got to um argus mythic and uh me and my guild had a disagreement about how things should continue from there i wanted to do a lockout because i wanted to get the fucking boss down and everyone was they already wanted... geared to shit yeah and they wanted to keep clearing because that you know i haven't quite gotten all my gear to the peak of titan forging and i was like well okay i i can't do this i want to kill bosses i couldn't give a yeah. fuck about the gear you guys clearly just want the shinies like the purples it, is what gets you fucking chubbed dude that's one of the things that i'll never understand is like the amount of people that get into an mmo and what they want is the gear like i've I've even had this discussion with, with people that talk to me about 14 in, in my stream. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, man, I wish I was raiding Savage, but it's so hard that I don't really want to do it, but I'd love to get that gear. That gear looks so good. And I'm just like, why do you want the gear? You don't need it. Yeah. You only need the gear if you're doing the content. If you're not doing you really don't. Need, like, for instance, during Shadowbringers, mm -hmm. I didn't raid hardcore because I didn't have, like, a static, and I don't want to do randoms in Party Finder. I'm not a big fan of doing that. Like, I, when I'm raiding, I need to have, like, a Discord environment where you're just, like, yeah. shooting the shit with people and you're making fun of each other while somebody fails and whatnot. And it's the, the whole, mm -hmm. the usually camaraderie stuff. If I don't have that environment, I'm not interested. And in 14, one of the things that they do a lot is, like, they'll just have a macro. So you go into the raid, yeah. there's a macro, and it tells you the position where every person should be for every mechanic, and then you just pick, okay, I want to be M1 for melee one, or I want to be MT for main tank. And then that tells you all of your positions, everything got to do. I look at those yeah. macros, and I'm like, I don't understand anything that's in that thing. I'm too much of a boomer. I need, I need to be talking to people to understand these mechanics, and I want to yeah. be insulting people when they fuck up because that's funny. <laughs> that's, that's what I want, right? So I didn't raid during Shadowbringers, yeah. and I didn't uh -huh. care about the Savage gear because it doesn't matter. I don't need it. I can clear all of the content with the gear that's available to me, so it's not a problem. Exactly. So I think in some ways Final Fantasy does solve that issue since gear in Final Fantasy is very much... Uh, a tool to yeah. enable other content. So people approach gearing in Final Fantasy more as a, I need this item level to unlock the Ultima so that I can go do the Ultima raids or the Ultimate raids. The Ultimate. Yeah. 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 You I want to do you the need Ultimate raids. You need more than item level for that, though. You need to clear the Savage content. Yeah, yeah. But what I meant was people, the gear only matters so that I can reach the minimum threshold for Ultimate so that I can go do my ultimates eventually. The yeah. gear only matters because it may enable me to take down the next savage bosses. But in World of Warcraft, it's almost as if the boss only matters because it can give me it purple give me pixels. The gear. Yeah. And and that's what I want. And I'm not saying Final Fantasy doesn't have players like that as well. It obviously does. Of course does. it does, yeah. I'm just saying World of Warcraft seems to incentivize this kind of playstyle where the gear is the end game content where it's almost like but that's not actually how like the gear is supposed to enable the end game content like you've you've completely flipped the switch the, the script yeah. on what gear is meant to be it's like a lot when of it, people see gear as a status symbol like a, and i think yeah. that 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 must have been a thing that became came into to being more with like when you were back in vanilla and people would do uh, molten core and you'd see somebody with uh, 
a thunder fury or um what's the called the hand of whatever that the hammer the paladin hammer oh, yeah. that shoots fireballs so yeah, yeah. You, you, you people see other players with that and they're just like oh my god dude look at that gear so good i need to have that but then they think yep. about it and it's like oh but that means that i have to go do this really challenging content even though molten core was not super challenging as <sighs> we've proven nowadays but it's yeah. it's it's like People just want to have it to have it. They don't necessarily want to yeah. have it to use it. Because, like, what, what are you going to do? You're going to do heroics in your mythic gear? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to run heroics on mythic gear? Why? It's useless. I mean, that's the issue, right? But that is a philosophical thing. That is basically down to how World of Warcraft designs their game. Um if you think about how difficult it is to get gear in World of Warcraft, like get your full best and slot gear, it, it like what other game is that difficult? Final Fantasy, yeah. your gear is laid out for you. Yep. Like you go to the uh, the vendor, and it's the gear is the gear. There's no other gear that you can get but the gear on the vendor. To give you an idea, That's I'm literally base. I'm literally one piece away from Biss and my character in Final Fantasy. I've never oh, been that close in World go. of Warcraft, <laughs> and I've played way longer World of Warcraft than Final Fantasy, and I'm like one piece yeah. away from Biss. And it's like it's right now it's a ten item level upgrade. That's it because the stats are pretty Fuck. much the same. So I'm like, yeah. I'm super close to Biss. But you see, that's the thing, right? It's it's. The gear is completely deterministic. And I realized that there's crafting pieces that give the same item level, and that's all fine. It, it serves a different purpose. I'm talking about even in crafting, it's deterministic gear. You know where the gear is, you know how to get it, and you can choose how you want to get it. Yeah. There's literally no questions being asked here. Um, versus WoW, where everything is on an RNG. If you don't get your RNG during the week for the stuff that you cleared, you can go to the vault for more RNG in the hope okay. that that thing gives you the gear that you actually want. So gear have become the end game. And all of this boils down to World of Warcraft's insistence on making engagement mechanics or the engagement metric the most important metric of the game. They want people to keep playing. And they've realized that by making gear the main focus of the game, it incentivizes people to keep playing. Because I... Yes, I've cleared Mythic, but I didn't get all my pieces for that clear, which means I'm going to have to go back and clear it again and again and again. Um, the perfect World of Warcraft for me, Mythic no longer drops any gear. Mythic's item level is designed and locked around max heroic gear. So heroic gear is what gets you into Mythic. You do Mythic, there's no gear. It's all cosmetic stuff. So it, it's, it's all just, just harder. It's much harder, but it's balanced because you know that everyone's going to have a, an heroic item level going into Mythic. That would be the perfect World of Warcraft for me because that thing turns Mythic rating into that's the content. Yeah, It's not what you get from the content. That is the content, and that's what you're working towards is getting that content and then bringing gear vendors back. So giving people a deterministic way, this is my best in slot, and I can buy all of it from the vendor. I know what it, what it is. I feel like we were speaking about this actually yesterday. If you look at all the gear pieces available in World of Warcraft, how much of all the pieces right now in Shadowlands is actually viable pieces for you as a warrior? It's, it's a very small 
piece. I mean, for start, I, I don't even know if Protection Warriors are viable right now because at the start of the expansion, they weren't at all. You couldn't even play a Protection Warrior if you wanted to. So there's <laughs> that. But uh, it's very little. It's very little. For even like if here's the thing, it's not even just about what's viable for you as a Protection Warrior. Like just look at it. What's viable for every single spec in the game, right? Yeah. And you yeah. you probably come up with a number like, I don't know, maybe 70% of the gear is viable for every spec in the game. Why does the yeah. other 30% exist then? It's always oh, just trash. It's just garbage. It, it literally is. It's meant yeah. to be, oh, this does give me slight upgrade, but it's on my base in slot, so I have to keep playing so that I can eventually get my base in slot. Right? Uh, yeah. So if you're, playing, if you're playing a warrior, there are maybe, let's say, eight or nine wrists in the entire game. Um, only one of those is your base in slot. The other eight is useless. They're, yeah. they're effectively there to remind you that you still haven't gotten your base in slot. It, it's like, okay, but playing. why have all those pieces of gear then? Like, remove uh, the other eight. Just have the one that is not, the base. Not have the other eight. The one. I, I think it'd be okay to have like one or two more in there. So that's like, oh, I got this one. This one's not the best, whatever. But like, yeah, remove a significant chunk of them that you don't need. Because like, even in even in fourteen, like as I was going through the the motions, I also got some piece of gear that were not my bis. They might have been my the bis for another class. I don't actually know. But it's like, okay, yeah. so I so I tell my regular, okay, so this is not my bis, but it's like a temporary upgrade until I get there. So if you want to give it to me, give it to me. I, whatever. Yeah. It's like we do loot master, which is something mm -hmm. that you can't get in World of Warcraft. Yep. That's a whole different discussion. <laughs> but, That's a whole different discussion. But yeah, it's like, I, I think it's okay to have a couple of pieces that are not, but there shouldn't be that many. You shouldn't be like repeatedly getting stuff that is not good for you. And on top of it, yeah. getting it and not being able to trade it away to somebody else that could get it and it could be better for them as well. So yeah, yeah there's plenty of problems there for sure. I would like to see, and this is something that, we spoke about also last night during the Q&A, uh, because someone asked me about gear. This is where this conversation actually started. Um, if Blizzard wanted to stick with the sort of lots and lots of gear, sort of the Diablo style of looting, right? Um, I want to see gear be designed for specific pieces of content. So you have dungeon gear, and then you have raid gear, you have your yeah. PvP gear, and then you have open world gear. And the way you incentivize this is through tier set bonuses. So why do we not have mythic level gear? So it has the same item level as mythic. It has the same basic stats as mythic. Only it, it gives you upgrades in the open world. So it makes you run like 100% faster when you have this gear. And it lets you jump twice as high or three times as high yeah as normal when you have the, the like, let's say the boots and the pants together make you really fast and also makes you jump really high um and that's purely for outdoor content it does nothing inside instances it is just for the open world it's to have fun in the open world and have your own gear set within the open world dungeons have their own gear sets and raid has its own gear sets make gear interesting at least rather than having like you said 30 percent of the gear is complete trash for almost everyone 70 percent of the gear has some utility for most people and then of that 70 it's only about 50 percent that is the best in slot for all classes 
So yeah. effectively, you have a game that's filled with uninteresting pieces of gear. You know? Yep. So yeah, uh, that, that's... I mean, if we're going to go down the wish list of everything that I want to see in World of Warcraft, <laughs> we'll, be here, we'll be here for six, seven hours. Um, no, but it's like, I, I do get it because of the fact that they do it like Diablo loot. It's kind of like they want that. And it's interesting because the more you look at Diablo, you, you can start drawing so many parallels towards the World of Warcraft. So the way yeah. that they're running Classic, for instance, which is kind of like ladders. And I kind of feel like, MMOs were never designed to be like seasonal, like action RPGs. Like the, there needs no. to be some sense of permanence. Otherwise, what yes. the hell is the point? Because yeah. but that's kind of what they're doing. They're like, oh, we'll just you know we'll skin this kind of like a Diablo version of World of Warcraft, and it'll just you know people will enjoy it. And that is that if, is weird, but yeah, that's that's a whole nother can of worms, uh, and that is yeah. also a part of a lot of other topics that I had planned for today that we did not get to at all. <laughs> but I think I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna call us here because probably people will not even watch too much longer past this point if they even get yeah. this far to begin with. I mean, because, it's a long uh, it's a long show. You, <laughs> you you touched up on like mythic plus chests and stuff, and that is one thing that I want to go super deep into. But I don't want to do it two hours into a discussion because most people won't even yeah. watch it. But um, yeah. if you guys enjoyed the show, uh, then leave it a like. Let us know. Uh, you know, if you have topics that you'd like us to discuss. I'm. I mean, we we were talking about potentially doing this more often, so we'll see how that goes. There'll be links to all of Echelon's stuff in the description below. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.